Warning, the following audio contains strong sports opinions of two very ordinary people with little to no professional sports or sports broadcasting experience. Those looking for facts and reason may be disappointed. None of the following ideas or opinions should be taken seriously. For real, these guys have no clue what they're doing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Bench Pod, episode 15. The Pistons have officially ended their historic loss streak and beat the Raptors 129 to 127. Coming up, we have a little bit of Knicks Raptors trade, the Suns and Grizzlies playoff hopes, and some more uh, NBA AI trivia. But first, Chris, let's discuss the Pistons. Are you are you happy what? to see that streak end, or were you kind of hoping they'd break that 30 mark? No, I wanted them to. I wanted them to get run through a couple more games. Did you want them to get to the thirtieth game? I feel like that would have been pretty good television. Yeah, it would have been funny. Let's <laughs> see the last game. I don't know if you saw like Cam Thomas was like, everybody knows it's a it's a secret. Nobody wants to be that team to lose to the Pistons. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma said something about it too, right? Yeah, I think he did. I don't remember the exact quote though. But it seems like they're all like... I think it was like the same thing, like nobody wants to be that team or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, they finally came. They won a game. However, it came at technically a shorthanded Raptor squad because they traded OG Ananobi, um, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn. So they were without those guys tonight. But still, the Raptors should have won that game. And congrats to the Pistons for not setting a further worse record. I feel like this happens all the time. What's like the lost streaks? Team lost streaks or like bad whatever kind of bad record, like someone's about to break a record for being bad at something like they they always tie it, but it's they always tie it or get within a game and then they snap like a win or something. It would be interesting to see how many times that's happened. Maybe it's not as novel as we think. Yeah, I don't know. But back to that that Knicks Raptors trade. So per Per the Woj bomb, uh, he tweeted yesterday that the Raptors are trading OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn to the Knicks for RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a 2024 second round pick. When you look at that, who do you think won the trade? Just first, at a first glance. Um, at a first glance, I kind of thought it was pretty even. I didn't know Malachi Flynn was in it at first, so at first I thought I was confused, like, why they also threw in a pick. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's, I think it's, I think if anything, the Knicks lost maybe a little bit, but I thought it was relatively fair. It's just, you're just trading, like, different kind of players. I guess. Yeah, and they need they need a little bit more shooting on the wing, a little bit more defense. So I think it fits well for them. But at the mm-hmm. same time, at least in my opinion, I think like you said, like when I first saw it, I'm like that's pretty fair. And then I like looked into it a little more, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I think the Knicks gave up a little too much because I feel like the league, at least the past year, the buzz has been like everybody wants OG Ananobi because like who doesn't want a guy who can shoot threes and play defense and is a mm. decent scorer? However. I was like, is it worth giving up RJ Barrett, who was like a really high, you know, pick and prospect? And, you know, we've watched him play together. We've watched some games, like when he took the, he took it upon himself to take the uh, Lakers, the shot against the Lakers a few years ago instead of passing his teammates, and he bricked it for the game winner. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> maybe the worst miss I've ever Stuff seen. Stuff like that. Yeah, we've seen that. But at the end of for the a day, game winner. he's, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's still young player, not anywhere mm. near where his peak should be, and he plays with two ball dominant players on Brunson and Randall. So it's hard to say like, what does he look like? What does that next step look like? Or if it's possible, I think it is. I think he's a decent player. So I feel like that was kind of a big give. And then on top of that, you throw in a young guard like Quickly, who is like a six man of the year type thing. So he's not just some scrub young guy who can you know. Just whoever just gets buckets and nothing else. It's not empty. He's actually a decent player and a pick just for OG on Anobi. I don't really get the hype, honestly. I like OG. I think he's great at defense and he's 
solid scorer, solid, great, good shooter, but I'm not giving up my young wing and my young guard for OG and some pieces and a second rounder coming in this year too. So I think the Knicks won, or I think the the Knicks lost this trade uh, slightly, and I think the Raptors sold high on OG. I, I really like him, but I feel like that value that everyone's kind of looking into it's kind of like baked in potential. Like it's like we're trading him for what he could be, not what he is currently. And that's fine because, you know, he's 26. So there could be a few more years before we really staple down who is OG on Anobi. And he's definitely a great defender. However, we've yet to see him play in meaningful uh, like defensive minutes. I, we haven't seen him in a playoff series have to, you know, play against the Kyrie Irvings and, John Morantz and Zion Williamson's and I don't know why those names came to my head, but (laughs) just, you know, like the elite talent, I'm more interested to see him when the game slows down in a half court setting. I want to see him give somebody a hard time. And I'm not saying he can't, the eye test says he can, but it's not proven yet. So he also plays in it with some other good defenders like Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam and you have a decent team with decent coaching and other solid wing defenders, I think you can get more credit than maybe it's worth. So I'm not like an OG hater. I just don't get this like massive value for him, you know? Like, yeah. And I think it, in one way you could get more credit, but in another way, like if you're playing around great defenders and you're playing like um, a switch everything or kind of bump and run kind of defense, like, I don't know. It can go both ways. Like, it can it can kind of hide how good you could be as a one-on-one defender if you're if you got great help side or uh people you know in a good switch defense that you because that's what i mean the raptors are all the same size and defenders so they just you can switch everything so maybe on the knicks now he's less of a switch or interchangeable kind of guy and he does turn into like a lockdown and gets to show that side of the defense more i could see it going both ways like yeah, he hit, you can lean on your good defenders more, but they can also um, make it so that you kind of your one-on-one potential isn't shown as well. I don't know. I agree that, and it could be because a lot, if a lot of people are going after a guy, it's going to drive up. It's going to drive up the trade. So maybe that's why they had to throw in somebody like quickly to like push it over the edge i don't know yeah maybe they're bidding because this was a pretty quick trade like i don't even think there was any rumbling of like hey this could be happening in the next couple days it was just like boom they traded for him yeah but i mean he's going to tibbs so we all know tibbs likes a defender over uh a scoring kind of bench player so it makes sense i mean it makes sense I think they may have given up a little too much. I'm fine with RJ Barrett. I don't know about Emmanuel quickly. He can be like a really nice playoff spark off the bench, but I don't know. I mean, when you got a guy like Ryan Archie Diakon on your bench, it's just like how many yeah. guards do you really you don't need, need after anything Jaylen else? Brunson? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So hashtag Archie come home. <laughs> and I like a bigger body over like an RJ who can kind of be a Swiss Army knife and be kind of everywhere, just getting bigger defensively. Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. I don't. To see I don't Archie. hate it, but I. I don't love it. I'm just kind of like. Yeah, it's kind of like eh. if I'm a Knicks fan or if I'm a. A Raptors fan, I'm just kind of like, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's my thing because, like, I, in my opinion, I if I was a GM, I'm not making a trade to move, um, you know, laterally. I want to move up a tier, and to me, this doesn't make the Knicks like I'm not like, oh shit. Well, now, now they're a threat. They have OG on Anobi. Like, I, yeah. I kind of feel like the trade caliber-wise, unless OG takes a step, like we're saying, from what but, I'm I seeing. I mean, I could see moving laterally if you're getting a completely different play player. Yeah. Like, you're getting more of a defensive big-body guy, so I could see why that. You could stay on the same kind of talent level, but just kind of switch out play styles or player strengths. I get that. I mean, clearly Jalen Brunson's going crazy. Um, he's kind of solidified himself as the guy there and might not need uh, the scoring as much as as much as it is nice to have a guy like quickly off your bench. Yeah, and I am interested to see RJ go back home because he's a Canadian 
foreign player. Mm-hmm. He's the Maple yep. Mamba, as they call him, and he's going to play for Toronto. So hopefully they can lock him up and they don't have to worry about him leaving because they'll be happy. Uh, he actually grew I up hate, rooting for them. I hate giving everyone just a, a word to describe them and then just putting Mamba after I, I hate it, it too. It's so it's, it's over. Disgraceful. Point. We don't do it anymore. Now that Kobe's gone, rest in peace. We're not doing that anymore. No, well, I mean, let's get a little creative. Yeah. No, no red mamba, white mamba, fucking maple white mamba. mamba was cool. Who was Give Brian Scalabrini white mamba, but after that, it should have been done. They tried to stick it on Austin Reeves. Yeah, they're trying to stick it on any white guy. They called the, I remember I saw one. They called him LeBarn James at one point. He's from like the countryside. That was like early <laughs> in his career. See, like at least that's creative. I'm down for that. LeBarn James. LeBarn James. I did have some statistics for you because you know I am a dork and I like to look at numbers. And I'm definitely not. Hit us with the statistics. I'm gonna hit you with the statistics. We got our stat guy on it, Jared. I'm not uh I'm not like a stats are everything type of guy. Like I think context, eye test, stats, you put it all together, you get a nice opinion on what you think. However, I watch a good, I weirdly watch a decent amount of Raptors games. I don't know why. I feel like they're just always on whenever I turn on League Pass. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I test wise, I'm like, yeah, which he's a good defender. But like I said, never seen him really give somebody a tough time in a meaningful game. Um, so I looked up some stats and I used last season because I know that if you do this season, we're only, what, like 30 games in. It could be a little skewed. So I like to use last season just to be safe. So last season, among players with at least three three-pointers defended a game, OG Ananobi was 19th worst. At his, his defenders were hitting at a 39.6% clip. So that's not good. And I mean, that could also be like he's guarding the best player, so therefore, you know, the percentages are a little up. But still, 19th worst for the, all the players that are qualifying for this filter I put on. Uh, and then next, if you do on shots 15 feet and closer, he was towards the bottom of this list, and it was a minimum of at least four and a half shots defended 14 feet and in. And uh, just for like context, he was around guys like Jalen Brunson, Vooch, and Kyrie, who we typically do not regard as good defenders, let alone serviceable. Oh, don't talk about Vooch like that. Yeah, I'm sorry, Vooch. I love you, but your you're, uh, in-between defense could, you know, Use a little work. I don't know if there's much work to do on it at age 32, 33, but but anyway, I was thinking, okay, maybe deflections, because I always see him poking balls. Maybe he's among the top in deflections. He's not even near the top 25. Uh, The league leader last year was Shea at 3.8 deflections a game, and uh, OG's only at 2.1, which is around guys like Halliburton, Terry Rozier, and Bain. And Bain's got like a negative wingspan. Halberton's not a very good <laughs> defender, and neither is Rogier. So it interests me that like this, this quality around him when he's when he has a solid foundation, a decent franchise, and good defensive players around him, and the stats are telling a different story. And that's why I'm not saying, hey, I changed my comp- my opinion entirely because my eye test says, and I'm not you know a scout or some fucking genius. I'm just telling, saying what I see. I see a guy who's got the perfect prototypical NBA defender body. He's 6'7 with a 7'2 wingspan. He's well filled out, and he's long, and he's quick. So I think that seems to lead to players that can disrupt a team's effectiveness or whatever system they're trying to run, and I don't doubt that the value on that is high. But looking at the numbers combined with that and the fact that I haven't seen him in a big game, it makes me a little nervous because you gave up this young potential potential star in RJ and then more of like a long shot, but a promising garden quickly in a second. And that's tough for a guy who's not proven. Now, if this was like, if OG was like a guy who's been there, I've defended the, these great players. I've given them a hard time. So you're not going to stop them. But I've given them a hard time. I've been the, you know, that piece on a winning team. Then, okay, I w- I'm all for it. But this just seems like a lot for me. Uh, it seems like, like if I had to say like, if it was like a scale and it's like 50-50, I'd give like, you know, the, I would say the Raptors won like 65, 35 or something like that. And I don't like that. I feel like they, they didn't, like I said, if you're going to make a trade, I would hope that you're going to make a trade to move yourself up in contention. And I really don't know if that does this because like you were saying, like different styles, 
And when I watched the Knicks, they still used RJ as a spot-up guy. And they used quickly as a scoring off the bench, which is fine. But these, the system they run, I don't think is going to change much with OG. And I think they're just hoping that he can be more effective at the role they need him to play. Because they've tried Quentin Grimes at these minutes, where it's like that 3 and D guy. They've tried him. They've tried DiVincenzo with quickly and Brunson. Um, and then they try, and they, you know, they have RJ filled out role, but he just plays a little different. So I'm, I am interested to see how this works out. I don't see it being some sort of, you know, altering move. And I really did think they were playing well. I liked how they were looking and, you know, you give up a little bit of continuity here. These are two guys that played pretty, pretty big minutes the past, you know, season and a half. So, um, it's also another thing I want to mention why it's interesting is he actually has a player option for next year. So if this goes poorly, he can opt out and leave for nothing. However, there were reports that he was interested in New York and he's willing to take a discount. So I don't know if he's planning to opt out and then sign a big long-term deal. That's what I would expect. Um, but the problem with that is he's looking for reportedly around $40 million a year. So he's willing to take a cut, but $40 million is a lot. And I don't know if the Knicks will offer him that because the Knicks, I mean, at this point, maybe it's a sunk cost and they have to, but the Knicks are in the luxury tax currently. They have $48 million in cap holds, which renouncing these figures will not afford them any more cap space. They can only sign players outside. They can only sign outside players and using any available exceptions they have uh, or league minimum salaries. So they have about $23 million open next year before they start paying the luxury tax. Um, and the one option I was looking at, looking at their cap space is they have Evan Fournier on a team option next year for $19 million. They've been trying to move him. Nobody wants him because he's on you know, $19 million for a guy that kind of is washed at this point. That's a tough ask. Um, doesn't look like he's going to be moved. So I guess what they could do is decline that team option and try to stay under this luxury tax, but it seems like they're going to have to fill out the rest of the team or possibly pay OG a little more. And they might be in the luxury tax for a core of uh, Jalen Brunson, OG Anobi, and Julius Randle, which I don't like because if you look at teams in the luxury tax, you know, it's like some of the top payers. There's the Clippers and the Warriors. Now, those are teams with an immense amount of experience and talent with Kawhi, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and then obviously the Warriors. You have Curry, Clay, Draymond. So, like, if you're going to be paying that much in luxury tax, or entering the luxury tax with that core, I don't know how psyched I am about that. Would you be excited about that? Uh, not as much as the other teams that you said, obviously. I don't know. This is a weird trade. It's got, like, semi-big names in it, and I'm just kind of like, eh, about it. Like, Yeah, it felt like I news for I... news sake. Like, someone's like, we got to make a trade. Yeah, like, I feel like... In in a year or two, obviously, we're going to see if this is a good trade or not, but I think they were just kind of like almost felt like they were forced their hand because they had so many guards. Like, they're like the Bulls right now. They just have so many guards that, like, something's got to give. It doesn't work just... when you sign six point guards? <laughs> I was under the impression I mean, that's the way the league's moving. At least they didn't. I mean, they made the right move. Dude, just do anything but give up RG, and I think it's the right move. <laughs> But, oh, that's all they got to do to please you. <laughs> You'd be the easiest Knicks yeah. fan in New York. Yeah. That's another thing. I mean, this is a big market. If some, a guy like this goes there, they gave up uh, quickly, who Knicks fans love. Yep. Uh, they just... gave up RJ, who Knicks fans are on a roller coaster with, yep. but are on the way up. Toronto's got to be happy, I mean, right? Yeah. You got a lot. I for would OG. be if I was Toronto. I mean, Toronto just keeps getting younger. They just it's just like they got like a twenty five and year out limit. They're I mean, like I don't wings, know. wings. We got wings everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this is I, like this is good for both teams. Maybe yeah, I don't know. I could see it's like I could the see Raptors kind of had uh, the same carbon copy guy everywhere, and they go and get like a, I mean, uh, a real score. You lose. You lose. Um, Fred in the offseason. I mean, that was they go weird and get too. some scores. Losing Fred like, was very strange. Yeah. They didn't even bother so offering. So now you're really just like a carbon copy of a bunch of guys who, I don't know. A bunch of wings. A bunch of scrappy yeah. wings. Yeah. So it will be. it's kind of like uh, both teams had um, a surplus in, in 
same kind of players and they just like flopped. Yeah. And and I get it because the Knicks, you, like you said, like you have to pay that tax if people want that player. And especially if we're trading you the best player, you might have to lose the deal initially and hope it works out. That's yeah. fine. I'm just saying me personally, if yeah, I was the Knicks, I'm not doing the it. Tax. Yeah. And here, let me just tell you the, so this year, here are the teams that are paying, like this is their estimated bill because things can change throughout the year. So the estimated uh, bill for teams that are paying luxury tax this year, um, here are the teams from least to most. The Lakers, the Pelicans, the Sixers, the Nuggets, the Heat, the Celtics, the Suns, the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Warriors. Do you see anything that's maybe a theme here that these are all contenders with playoff experience yeah. and veterans and, you know, like actual guys I don't know. Yeah, they all have a guy that you're like, oh, yeah, they're paying it because of this guy. Yeah, like I'm looking at Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Jokic, Embiid. The only team you can maybe argue is the Pelicans, but they're so deep. And then you have the Lakers with AD and LeBron. Like, you're not, no offense, Knicks, I don't think you're beating any of those teams if it hypothetically came down to a series between you guys. So, like, What's the point of paying the tax? And that's, as a basketball fan, I hate that. You know, it sucks that money comes into it, but at a certain point it does, and it confuses me because yeah. I don't know why you why you want to enter that tax because I get it when other teams, like, they'd fire sale to get under the tax or, like, they don't sign a guy because they're like, hey, like, we don't think it's worth paying this extra millions and millions of dollars to get I a mean, team that Knicks might not win. Fire sale. Yeah. They are also the biggest basketball market in the world probably. Yeah, so kind of just like forced to do it. Yeah, it kind of surprised me they're not already in the tax. Like you would just assume that one of the biggest franchises would be in it. Well, they just can't fucking land a guy. They've been trying to land they a free agent for Jaylen. ten years longer than actually. Like what? I guess yeah. I guess Jalen was probably the biggest signing they've had in since Randall, and then before that, it's like Mello was a trade. Mello. Yeah. yeah, and before that, you know, after that, between Mello and Randall, like. And even now, it's like every time someone's going to move, they're like, hey, you think this person's going to go there? It's New York. And then they don't. You know, like the, the <laughs> next person's Donovan. Yeah. Everyone's saying Donovan Mitchell. He's going to go Zach, to the Knicks. Just send Zach there. Please. His camp's not interested, Chris. Don't care about and Neither are the Knicks interested in them. And we're not, not going to talk about Zach. We're not going to talk about Zach this episode. We already did. We just did it. You just opened the can. No, we're not going to. Closing, Cutting it off. Closing the can of worms. Sealing it shut. Yeah, forty million for OG is crazy. That's I don't know who's don't paying him forty million. Yeah, see, like the other thing is, like you had such a great. I mean, opportunity I know salaries here. are inflated, but Jesus Christ! You also had a great opportunity here because you signed Brunson to this deal, hoping he would take a jump and hoping he's actually that guy. And you know, everyone was clowning this deal when it first happened until they realized it's bat, it's front loaded. So by the time he's supposed to be good, or they think he's gonna be good, they're gonna be paying him less than they are initially, and it's not even that bad of a contract. He makes like twenty four million. And he's an all-star. He's an all-star level yeah, player. He makes, he makes 26, and OG wants to make 40. Yeah, and and that's the thing. <laughs> you had the perfect opportunity to go out and trade for, like, a bigger guy because you got the steal on Jalen Brunson, and that could have been a really big deal. Like, I don't know who you're getting. Like, maybe, like you said, they, they or maybe, like I said, they want Donovan. I don't like the idea of a Brunson-Donovan backcourt, but, like, if you got that talent level of a guy, you know, just hypothetically perfect world, that's what I think you should have used this opportunity for, not OG on Anobi. Yeah. I mean, if they trade away this kind of, I mean, I know Donovan's a different kind of player, but um, like RJ and quickly combine to trade for a defensive and then just switch right back. I mean, I guess you kind of got to do whatever you got to do to get a guy like Donovan, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I either. guess we'll see what happens. Jalen's going to have to stay stay in this zone this mode that he's been in and yeah, they're gonna have a, the next are just gonna have to ride it i guess i don't know i'm not super hyped about him not either and i and i wish it was a more exciting trade but it like like you're saying it does kind of feel kind of meh yeah i wish it was a more interesting trade to cover but it is what it is i'm sure canada's happy you know their one franchise is being led by a guy who actually is from canada and won't leave them like vince carter or t-mac or I guess DeRozan stayed loyal, but, you know, Kawhi left, but he got him a ring, so it's okay. Anyways, let's talk a little Suns. I got a couple teams for you that I want to know if 
you think they're going to make you know, the playoffs or if they're in contention or how's it look at it? So the first, I got the Suns. Their big three, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, uh, they just got their first win after coming together in the offseason after, what is that, 31 games? So Yeah, this is like the Nets. Yeah, it's the Nets all over again. Yep. And I, I before, didn't feel bad for Kevin Durant. I'm starting to feel bad for him, and I don't know if I like that or not, but I am. No, I'll never feel bad for him. I don't care. <laughs> um, do you think they can create some sort of cohesion here, or do you think this is kind of, you know, it's already hard to win, like bring a team together and win a championship in one year. Do you think this is too far gone? To go straight to a championship? Yeah, because obviously at this point, Kevin Durant's old. You don't have much more time. So it's like this year and next year, I think, you have to make this work. And then I think you start looking elsewhere, blowing it up, maybe. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I feel like Kevin Durant's got the type of game that he could play for a very and be efficient for a really long time. That's my but, thing. Do you know if he wants to stay there? He's that old. If he's aging, oh, and it's well, not that's working a different out. Story. He could, he does he have could a wake history. up tomorrow and demand a trade. He does have know. a history. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've, if, like... Blowing it up wise, I wouldn't just go straight there no, if he wants to stay. Yeah, I'm talking more just what fine. do you think as far as championship? Do you think this season, do you think they could still be in the mix? Or do you expect them to be in the mix? Or do you think this is kind of like you're not in the West anymore? Because you, you got a lot of things going on here. You got the Timberwolves ascending, the Thunder going up, the Nuggets are still around, the Lakers, the the Clippers, like all these good West teams. Do you think they can create some sort of you know, glue between their guys and because they don't have a lot of playing time together. That's, that's tough enough as it is with one season. I don't, when you have those guys, I don't even like, I could see them beating any of those teams. It doesn't, like, it doesn't even matter if they're on the same page to an extent. I don't know if they go for it. I mean, if they win a championship, it, I wouldn't be completely shocked. I don't think they're going to, but with those three guys, if your injuries and stuff happened early, that's that's the best time to have this kind of stuff happen is right in the beginning of the season. Um, middle of the season, kind of get on all on the same page and then get really hot for the playoffs. I mean, that's the ideal. If you're going to have injuries, that's the ideal kind of way you want it to go. They're so good at... It could happen, but I don't. I don't see it happening. Yeah, it does help that they picked like three guys that can all dribble, pass, shoot. So there's not yeah. like a fit issue. Like obviously they fill in great together, and it also helps that they like can all score forty. And they've all played with guys who Easily. are ball dominant, which I think really helps when you're putting together three all stars. That's not common. Like Devin Booker, not ball dominant, but at least like I'm running the offense. Like learning how to play off somebody because Booker had to play with Chris Paul earlier on. I think later later on he took more like the I'm running the offense, but. It, when Chris Paul first got there, he's running the offense. Devin Booker's kind of playing off him, playing the scorer role. Kevin Durant played with Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, that whole spiel, Kyrie, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have Bradley yeah, Beal, who I mean, played with John all, Wall. Yeah. And Russ. They can all score quick. They can all score efficient. Like, yeah. I think if there's any three that could do it, it's them. But I am getting a little worried because that, that bench is thin. And the health thing is kind of concerning because, you know, Booker's had some things here and there and Beals, you know, came back from back issues with nerve pain and whatnot. And then he screwed up his ankle that he's back. So the health worries me, especially because Kevin Durant's their most healthy star out of the three. And he's 35 years old playing 37 minutes a game. Like That's a lot to be putting on a guy who has this many miles. And the bench is yeah. thin. They're playing Utah Watanabe and Bull Bull fell off the rotation, but it's Drew Eubanks and you know Eric Gordon is like the only person on there that I think I would want on my bench if I'm a championship contender. So the the thinness of the bench and the amount they're gonna have to ride these stars worries me because it makes me think they're gonna get more wear and tear injuries when playoffs come around. And if you're not healthy, like you said, you know, that's it's gonna be an issue. So I would also be surprised. I'm going to say they don't win a championship. I don't even know if they make it out of the second round, honestly. Uh, they, they're just, the West is deep, and they're an eight seed right now, 16 and 15. So I'd be shocked. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. What's your confidence factor? I'm not worried factor? about making the playoffs or anything. I mean, if they got to 16 and 15 with all this going on, you know. And Nurkic helps too. That's I forgot to mention him. He's a great starter to have, but again, health issues with him. So if you had to yeah. if you had to put it like 
Do you think they'll get to the conference but, finals? Do you think they'll be a top four team by the end of the season when it's all said and done? They up? could. Do I think they are right now? No, definitely not. But, I mean, if you have a thin team, but your top three guys can all give you 40 easily, like you can, you can rotate. Your rotations can cover how thin you are. Yeah, you stagger and have them finish together. Bradley Beals carried a team by himself. Kevin Durant. Uh, hasn't had to because he just goes from superstar team to superstar team. But <laughs> he's kind of to carry this uh, one because everyone's been out. Yeah, I mean, he can he can obviously do it, and Devin Booker can obviously do it too. I mean, when they, uh, I mean, you had Chris Paul, but oh god, before I that, don't know. I, I I feel like you can rotate enough to cover their thinness if they all stay healthy. Yeah, but that's with any team. Any team needs to stay healthy to win a championship. So. Yeah, I also just had a random thought. I'm when you brought up how Devin Booker had to carry the Suns, and they were they were so bad for so long. Like what was that? Like four years where they were just terrible, right? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get that feeling from Cade Cunningham to a certain extent, where it's you are on this poverty franchise that just cannot seem to do anything right for like five years straight, yet you're really talented. But people question it because your team sucks. And it's like, how much are you really of a factor if you can't raise your team to, you know, 15, 10 or more wins when you came there? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a little thing for me to keep an eye on. I'm starting, I'm starting to see that. That. Uh, I mean, he's definitely in, in hell in Detroit. I feel so <laughs> that bad. That is not a franchise anyone wants to be a part I of. Think there, wasn't there like a video of him? I think the day before they're like, Somebody was in his live, and they're like, where do you want to be drafted? And I swear to God, he said, like, anywhere about Detroit or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone in every draft is thinking that. Is, that. I'm no. not kidding. That is probably the last place I'd want to be drafted if I was in the NBA. Because, like, you have to live there pretty much. Yeah. I don't want to live in Detroit. At least Cleveland, like, is a little better. A little more east. You know, Ohio yeah, is I not mean, as got, crap as Michigan. Got a, at least a passionate fan base, you know. Yeah, Detroit is definitely. I mean, I don't know if it's even a question if it's the worst. Maybe, city to go to. maybe Indianapolis. Maybe if I was a Pacer, I'd be pissed. No, because Indiana is a basketball. It state. is a basketball state, but God, I went to Indianapolis, and I'm so sorry if anyone's listening to this and is from there. It's. Oh, we should just delete Indiana as a state. <laughs> Get rid of it. Let's have 49 states. Leave it as like a no man's land because I just every time I go to that state, I hate everything about it. Yeah, me too. But I mean, it's like it's a bad it's that, and it is buzzing right now. I mean, when that team is good, like that, you have diehard fans. Yeah, I don't know if you. Ha- I don't even know if you have that in Detroit. I don't know if anyone cares. Yeah, they do love their Lions and their Red Wings. So I don't know if they love the Pistons. Pistons kind of fell out of popularity for a good twenty years after Isaiah Thomas yeah. and the Bad Boy. Well, I guess they they won a championship. I take that back. A little oversight by me. Shout out Ben Wallace and Tyshawn Prince. Rip Hamilton. Yeah, they had a couple years. Anyway, I got a little off track. Um, another team I wanted to bring up to you is yep. the Memphis Grizzlies. They are currently sitting at 10-21. and 21, um, With the six, back, six games back with Jaw, they are 4-2. and two. Last year, the 10th seed had 40 wins. So let's just say... You know, they're 10-21. They need at least 30 more wins to get into the play-in and be that 10th seed. They, 30 of 50? Yeah, they would only have to, 30 of 51 left. So they would only have to go 30 and 21, which I think is very doable. That's only a 58.9% yeah. win percentage for a team that has a, who I think is an all-NBA guy in jaw. So if he could just keep his shit together and not play with weaponry on Instagram. Just don't get suspended. Yeah. Uh, do you think they have a chance to still salvage the season? Like, I think they can make the playoffs. I think that's without a doubt. You can still make the playoffs. Yes. Make the play-in, whatever. But I'm saying, do you mm-hmm. think they can get through all of this with the, you know, the, there's got to be some sort of mental fatigue of grinding your way back to being in a playoff contention spot? Because, like, obviously, if this never happened, we're saying these guys are probably championship contenders. Do you think they still have a shot at that, even with, like, everything that's going on, how much they're going to have to give just to get into the playoffs? Uh, or do you think no. they'll kind of? You- I wouldn't have said that they were a championship team before the season really? started. Even if Jaw was there all eighty-one, okay. I don't think they're. So you, a so you think they're out of contention? You think it's kind of like a fraudulent contention type thing? 
<clears throat> or my, for a championship? Yeah, this season. Yeah, I think they can go to the playoffs and win a few rounds, win, win maybe two rounds in the playoffs. But that's, I don't know. I don't see him. Ja would have to play out of his fucking mind. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who else. I mean, if I'm going into, I mean, who do you who do you consider their number two? Desmond Bain. Yeah, I like or Bain, but I Jaron Jackson. I don't. I'm not a fan of the Jaron Jackson. Uh, like I don't even know who their number. I guess Desmond Bain's your number two. I like Jaron Jackson, like, but not I don't know if I'm confident. With that. Yeah, with him being like your kind of two or kind of three. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, number two offensively, I would assume. And the the tough part about it is, like, it's not like if you make the playoffs, like, you're just going to have an easy time. Like, so let's say they're the 10th seed, and they make it in, and they're either the 7th or the 8th. So after, after grinding your way into the play-in, getting through the play-in, you now have to play what looks like, well, in the play-in, you'd have to beat the Lakers, the Suns, or the Pelicans, probably. And then after you beat them, so you gotta hope you get the Pelicans there. Yeah, after them, you'd have to possibly play Minnesota, OKC, or Denver in the first round. <laughs> so I don't see them getting through two of those matchups. Like maybe the play-in, you get lucky, but I don't know if you're surviving a well-rested Denver team or a well-rested no. OKC or Minnesota. I just trust them way more. As much as I, I think, Josh maybe... crazy. Maybe you'd have to. I mean, it'd be lucky. You'd have to get New Orleans, and you'd have to get um, OKC. OKC. Yeah, I think that's your only. Minnesota's too much of a counter, and Denver's too. Good. I don't even think they would consider the rest of the season a grind. I think now that you have like job back, you're just like just way off it. your shoulders. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the grind was the twenty games of him being out, and they did not do well when he was. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I will say so, that was one thing we were spot on about, I think, in our initial podcast um, for the NBA predictions. We were talking about it, and I remember I was like saying, like, I think they're really going to miss Dylan Brooks, even though they played well without him or without Ja last year. I think this whole no Dylan Brooks thing, as much as I hate him, I think they're going to miss him. And God, did they. That team just looked like a wet napkin. You just fucking slap them around however you wanted. They were terrible. Yeah. Which is weird. Still better than uh, Washington and Detroit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, no one's worse than them. Come on. But it does set up a very good case for, you know, Jaws MVP next year. If he tries to make so. a run at that. I think so. Because, like, you look at how bad the team is without him and how much he affects the team now. And I'm sure he can put up some stellar numbers next year. But that's next year. We'll see. Maybe that'll be my. Is he, is he current day Allen Iverson? Ooh, no, I think he has more talent than that around him. Not more talent around him. Talent I'm saying him. him. His whole persona, Ooh. his talent, everything that he has going on. That's an interesting Is question. Is he modern day Allen Iverson? Huh. That's a very interesting question. I don't know. I think he's my modern day Allen Iverson. It does Iverson. kind of feel that way, yeah, because like, I feel like the the rhetoric around Allen Iverson when he was playing and going through all that shit and the practice thing and the whole messiness with his wife. No, the practicing doesn't count. Not dressing well. Like, I do think it was kind of Not like, following NBA dress code? Yeah. That counts. People definitely <laughs> would say, like, he's immature. He he can't fit in the league. Like, he's not professional enough. And that's kind of similar what they're doing to Jaw. But that's actually pretty I good I mean, comparison. it's just like, uh, this is... He's just that's just who I am, and I'm not bending for anyone kind of thing. Yeah. It's just rubs some people the wrong way, and it really gets some people behind you. And it's both kind of um, coming from like a gang type of background, or except or, uh, Ja grew up in a upper middle class neighborhood with. Well, I know, but money. like, yeah, <laughs> I mean the guys he's around, I guess. Yeah, he wants to give off that persona at least. He's trying. Yeah, yeah. he's trying. Oh, he's so, trying. Oh, he's trying. I think he's my modern day Allen Iverson. I know he wants to be on Iverson. I'm sure he wishes he was. <laughs> Who doesn't? He wishes he was as cool and hood as fucking Allen Iverson. Yeah. Do you think it's weird that there's like a, like a like a lot of these young players and people have talked about it before, like how they like want to be ghetto, like they want to be hood. They think it's cool. And I get that, like, to a yeah. point, the music's cool, it's fun to listen to and stuff, but, like, shit, if you're making millions of dollars and someone said, just, like, don't play with guns, like, why is that so hard? 
are you really like no yeah. but it's cool <laughs> like is that is that really what's going on here i just i can't wait till like when we're like 40 or 50 and we get like a 30 for 30 on this they just sit down with him and like dude what the hell why like why because he did that whole interview with jalen rose and acted like he apologized remember and then he did it again it's just like what's going on and i'm pretty sure i saw a video of him doing a gun celebration when he hit his shot in like his first yeah, couple games did. back and i'm like why are you doing that are you you're just begging adam silver to like like you're pretty much saying you can't touch me and at some point they're gonna get sick of it and they're gonna do something so i just i just wanted to play basketball he's so fun to watch yeah he's so fucking good don't ruin your career uh, please I was talking to my dad about that, and he was saying, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, it's like the same thing um, that... Alan Iverson? Uh, <laughs> no, who the fuck? Uh, Brandon Miller. It's the same thing Brandon oh. Miller did when he came back and came out um, and had the pat down as his, like, handshake. Oh, God. It's like, yeah. you know what you're doing. Like, yeah, sure, you were doing it all season, but you got to think, like, just, just sure stay away from excuse. it. Sure, Jaws is just a dance or whatever. Yeah. It looks like like halfway through it, he's like, "Oh fuck, I probably shouldn't have done that." Come on, you gotta <laughs> know. Like, <laughs> you tell me the PR people were like, "Hey, don't do anything with guns." <laughs> what the fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, like they're trained on this stuff. They're not dumb. Whatever. Yeah, I I do, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't think they're. I don't think they could do it. I, I don't know. Sometimes I see flashes of Jaws like greatness and how fucking good he is. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe he's just so damn good. Uh, it, it honestly is crazy. He's going to me. he's gonna have to lose a couple of times in the playoffs to see if it like really matters and to see if he, uh, cause like you see a lot of guys like this and Steph's kind of an exception, but a lot of guys like this who are just really fucking good and come in the league and, uh, just like are having fun you know and then eventually you got to get you got to lose enough to be like all right fuck this i gotta yeah i'm sick of it something i gotta take this more seriously or or i just gotta you know accept that i'm not gonna win it's gonna be one of the two yeah i want to win yeah i was also in so i think he's got to get beat down a couple more times in the playoffs or series or something like Sometimes something where like a team really just focuses him and takes him out of a series where he's, but then you got to go like reinvent your game a little bit yeah, cause we, to where you can be a that. player that can just legitimately carry you to a finals. Yeah. Cause last year they played the Lakers, but he messed up his hand. So he really wasn't fully healthy. And the year before that, he's, he was not the player he is now. So yeah. it would be nice to just get some, some series like that, maybe knock him into a different gear. And even like you're saying, like, I know you're talking more like players who have fun, but it it when we're talking about winning championships, you do have to think about like you just don't win championships with your best player being short, short for NBA standards. Yeah, like I was thinking about that. I was like, damn, like so last year the Nuggets win their best player is Jokic. Year before that, Curry is like the only exception because because <laughs> he's yeah, the greatest shooter ever. <laughs> he's the greatest shooter ever, and he had like he's in a perfect system he's got two other at least two other hall of famers with him yeah. like it's not just him so if you have to be that you have to be that good to win with a player who's not tall or or not a player who's not a small guard it's really hard so like yeah. so we got the warriors and then before that the bucks Giannis, he's six eleven, seven foot year before that the lakers ad and Bron, they're ginormous year before that the raptors Kawhi and siakam both six seven and six eight ish and then year before that, the Warriors, you have Durant and Curry, Durant and Curry again. Then you have LeBron with the Cavs. You got the Spurs, who you can say, I don't know who you want to call the best player in that one. You could say Kawhi, you can say Tim Duncan, whatever you want to say. Um, you could say Boris Diaw if you really want. <laughs> I would, oh, personally, I would. Love to hear that. Um, <laughs> and then the Heat again, and then Dallas with Dirk, and then... LA with Kobe like it doesn't happen it's so rare that the Celtics with Paul oh. Pierce it it does not happen very often in NBA history where the best yep. player on the championship team is you know six three six four or below so I hate that because I love guards uh you know I grew up being a Derrick Rose fan obviously so I always root for him but it's just it's something about the game of basketball it just makes it fucking hard 
for that to be a thing. Yeah. So I don't know if I, I believe it's just in coming, this score. I think everything's like when you come into the league and you are from a small school and you know everyone's literally ever uh, everyone's saying uh, you know is he is was it his school is it this is it that and you come in and it's this easy for you i mean i think when that happens some carelessness from him comes with or i'm invincible you yeah. know i can just show up and it's gonna happen like it's gonna happen for eventually me. he's gonna realize that he can you can do that in the regular season you can get there in the regular season but once it comes to a series and you got to beat a team four out of seven games like it's it takes a different level at that point i think like you said the hand that's an excuse last year is like oh yeah you know i wasn't we'll see what happens now that when i'm when i'm back and blah 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 and now he this gun thing happens and then it happens again and all he gets is 20 games and now he's back like yeah and he could use that as an excuse maybe. in his head to be like oh well, we had like i wasn't there all season exactly. so like that messes up so yeah it, that's i do we could have had a higher seed we could have had an easier an easier route something i mean something something's gonna have to he's gonna have to get beat down a couple times to where it's gonna have to be in his head okay it's not just i can't just get there on talent and athleticism right now i gotta go somewhere i gotta bring it my game somewhere yeah it's intangible different than that yeah which is great and i think he's got i feel like we've seen everything's a little too easy for him right now he's kind of invincible in his head he's the man in memphis yeah so i don't know that's my my therapist analysis of him love that i i just hope we don't see another i mean now that we have social media like how often is it that we see like ex-players former nba players come out and say like i was immature in my career i thought i could do whatever the fuck i wanted and like god i wish i could go back and like have the training and the staff that these players have now and like take it seriously or like you know what I mean? Like, there's so many players that, like, you hear them on a podcast or a post yeah. or an interview, and they're like, dude, I fucked up. Like, I should have taken it more seriously. And I, I'm but there's really a reason hoping. there's so many guys like that. Like, I know. It's tough, man. You're getting you millions as a kid. and you, like, You're literally a fucking kid. You're 18, 19. But it happens 19. to everybody, too. Like, how, your your parents say, oh, you're going to miss gonna miss when you were young or you're gonna miss and when you're young you're just like yeah whatever yep. this is all i know yeah, you don't know anything better and now you're our age and instead of playing basketball or any or being a part of it you're on a podcast you're just on the outside talking about it now so <laughs> or you just gotta experience it or, i think it's in one ear out the other or you were me and you were never good at basketball but you hung out with the guys who were good at basketball so you played so at lifetime and now you're too you're old part of the environment yeah still. yeah that is interesting. I, I wish there was a way, not that I'm wise or anything, but I wish there was some special way or technique to get people who don't realize how great something is that they have an opportunity to realize it because clearly it's not fucking easy. Cause like, they, like you're saying like, well, how many times did people tell us that when we were kids? Like, Hey, enjoy it. Oh yeah. And I just didn't get it. I was like, yeah, dude, I get it. Leave me alone. Like I'm having a good time. It happens on every level. There's so many things that yeah, I would do not just basketball, everything, back. everything. Yeah. There's so many things, yep. and I wish someone like I really was hoping Derrick Rose would be that guy, because here's a young athletic guard who, and not that he was like a careless dude, but he was a young guy who had you know face of the league written all over him, playing for his hometown city he was the fucking man, and then he lost it all for different reasons. So I was hoping maybe he can provide some sort of like. You know, like check him if if Jaws being an idiot, just be like, dude, like, I'm your vet. I'm not gonna let you pull that shit. But at the same time, I did see an interview and he's like, he said their first interaction because everyone obviously asked him like the gun thing, and he's like, his first interaction was like, I'm not here to babysit you, like let's go to work. And I kind of like that yeah. because I could see if I was like a little younger and that was like the whole thing like oh this team's bringing in this guy to babysit me i'd be like fuck you like i'd almost want to do the opposite to piss off the organization so yeah. i'm happy Derek took that angle instead of like the, oh, yeah i'm here to you know keep everybody calm keep things going smoothly whatever so i hope that they can hope they can get my boy a ring but it ain't looking that way so unfortunate but what are you gonna do Memphis Grizzlies, what are you going to do? Guns and Roses, baby. Guns, Guns, Guns and, roses. and Roses. You know I'm a fan. Uh, lastly, I want to start. We're going to not start. I want to end again with some NBA trivia provided by some AI. 
I'm one and oh. You're one and oh. This is for the Chris Mahoney trophy. The Chris Mahoney AI uh chat GPT NBA weird trivia trophy. Yep. Okay. Somebody make that into an acronym. Yep. All right, so we got five questions. Are you ready? Down to five this week. Huh? I went down to five. I figured if we're gonna keep doing this, I don't know if chat can uh, come up with enough. You gotta statistically give yourself a better chance. I see that how too. It is. That too. Gotta go for yeah. all the marbles. <laughs> all right. Question one: Which NBA player holds the unusual record for what? I don't know how this is a record. Just pardon the AI language. Eating a pregame meal consisting of PB and J sandwich for every game of their career. Kevin Durant. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> What they say this is a record? Apparently, I, I mean, I guess it's a record. I don't know if anyone has the total number. Let's <laughs> just take all their career games. So it's, it's like a weird pregame ritual. Yeah, it's Durant, Dwight Howard, Ray Allen, and Chris Paul. That seems like a Dwight thing. It does seem like a Dwight thing, and you're correct. It is a Dwight thing. I also ex- do you know the answers? Are you not even going to okay, guess? I accidentally saw that one when I was screenshotting the answer <laughs> key, so I didn't know what to do there. I wasn't going to count it for me, but I didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, next question. During the 2015-2016 season, an NBA team installed a deep sleep room with specially designed napping pods in their arena. Which team was it? Golden State Warriors, Utah Jazz, Atlanta Hawks or Miami Heat? So Heat, um, Hawks, Jazz, Warriors. Heat. I'm going to go Warriors. Answer? The Atlanta Hawks. Oh, that just seems like a bougie San Francisco thing. Yeah, I felt like that was the angle. I felt like that was like uh, too good to be true. Yeah, kind of thing. Is that, that's what's uh, fueling the Heat culture. The sleep pods. <laughs> like, we wear these guys into the ground. The least we can do yeah. is give them some of the sleep. <laughs> some state-of-the-art sleep. <laughs> but clearly, those beds don't do shit because the Hawks haven't done anything. So, <laughs> good job. Nice nice sleep Damn. pods. Uh, next, question three. Which NBA player is known for his fear of flying and prefers traveling to away games by bus? Oh, I think I've read this. I thought, okay, the only person I knew was Royce White because I thought he was awesome coming out of college and then he like fell off because he literally could not take planes. He had a phobia and teams just got sick of him and dropped his ass. So here's the choices. Russell Westbrook, DeAndre Jordan, Carmelo Anthony, or Damian Lillard. Fuck. I'm taking DeAndre Jordan because I feel like that. I heard that before. That's where I was leaning to. And I feel since that's where you're going. Who is it? Mello and who else? Westbrook and Lillard. If I feel like if it was Westbrook and Lillard, we would have heard about it. Lillard. We would have heard about it. Yeah, I'm going DeAndre. It's gotta be DeAndre. And it is DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. So we're tied, technically, I guess, because I, I can't take credit for the first one because so technically you're up one, or we could just say null and void on my first one and just not count. I don't know. That's fine. The one that I got right, we can just knock. That okay, off. you got fine. you got it. You get yours. One zero. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> which, which NBA player once played a game with a broken nose and scored sixty one points, setting a franchise record? Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, or James Harden? I feel like I should know this one. And I, my initial like, you know, this, this right away, I was like Kobe Bryant, and I'm like, wait a second. He scored 81, not 61. Yeah, but with 81, oh, with a franchise 61 record. franchise record with a broken nose. Who else was it? MJ, Carl Malone, and James Harden. I think it's, I think it's Michael. I think, isn't the Bulls franchise record 61? I thought it was 63. And then the, or no, regular season 63 is 69. That regular season record is 69. By MJ, and then the playoff record is like 63 or 64. I thought, okay, well, thanks for talking me off that. Ledge. You're welcome. I'm gonna go James Harden, <laughs> but I don't remember, remember breaking Harden his nose. Or... I don't remember that. James Harden or Carl Malone, or <laughs> this is very possible. ChatGPT could just be fumbling some wordage with their, you know, most consecutive PBJs eaten for their career. Yeah, and it could just be Kobe scored 61. And- they're not. I mean, it's technically a record somewhere. His nose wasn't broken. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it's a record for most points scored with a broken nose. 
Or did he did he score sixty one before he scored eighty one? Yeah, because so at the time it was the record. And technically, if you make the record, like if you're a top ten performance, you technically still set a record. You just didn't beat the number one record. Going Carl Malone. There's no way James Harden played with a broken nose. Okay, I went James Harden, and it was. Da, 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 da. Where's the answer key? Okay, well, it says it's Kobe Bryant. Uh, yeah, we might need had to, to. I might need to check, fact check these quizzes before we take them. <laughs> I bet you he scored the sixty-one before he scored the eighty-one. It had to be. I'll start fact checking these so we don't get so confused. Uh, but the last one, I don't know this it's one. Probably like a technicality. What is the only NBA team to have never won a division title since its establishment? Toronto Raptors, Los Angeles Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies, and Charlotte Hornets. A division title? Yeah, it's got to be the Hornets. I don't even know who the Hornets What does that are. mean, division title? Division title isn't conference title. No, division title is like the play, the team's best, best record, record in your division. It used to matter because it mattered for playoff seating, but it doesn't anymore, so divisions are kind of null and void at this point. Like, Well, the Raptors had to have done it. The Clippers have been uh, good When before. they won the championship. Yeah, I'm thinking. And then, so, yeah, you, so you have Hornets, Grizzlies, Clippers. It's Grizzlies, Clippers. I I will we can look up you can look up divisions if you want but I'm just I I'm not even bothering because the Hornets suck and they always have. I'm gonna go. Oh, but the Grizzlies were kind of good when they had Mike Conley and Marcus Saul. Yeah. But were they better than the Lakers? Wait, they're not the same division. Doesn't matter. They are not. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Look who's in the Grizzlies division. The Wit. I actually don't remember. I want to say it's like Jazz. I don't remember. Just jazz. That's what I'll leave my jazz. <laughs> Portland. Uh, Mavericks, Houston, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Spurs. Oh God, I'm going Grizzlies. You're going Grizzlies. Yep. I'm going Charlotte Hornets, and the answer is the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, what? I oh, I kind of forgot Charlotte Hornets counts like when they were good back in the nineties. Shit. That makes so much sense because they've just been overshadowed by every other good team in the West forever. <laughs> they've never been good with like, well, because like the Lakers are always good. I think that's their division, right? Gotta be. It has to be. They, they're, they're in the same fucking area. Yeah. They're, okay. Their division is Sacramento, Phoenix, Golden State, and Lakers and Clippers. So yeah, that makes sense. Kobe scored 61. On February 2nd, 2009, he scored, oh, he scored 81 January 22nd, 2006. Yep, most points with a broken nose. Wait. Most PB&Js <laughs> eaten in a career. Wait. I'm telling you, man, chat just screwed this up. It's okay. Nasal fracture in 2012. This man has broken his nose a lot. We'll be. Uh, whatever. It's okay. I don't even know who won. Who won the Chris Mahoney trophy? Uh, you did. I, yep, I, it's mine. You won, you trophy. had one more than me, so you did it. <laughs> you won the inaugural trophy. Congratulations. The inaugural? The inaugural was last That's year. That's true. You last won week. the, uh, you're the first back to back champ. Yeah, yeah. Don't touch my trophy. Shit. I'll, I'll mail it to you. Would you have guessed Dwight Howard for the first one? Uh, probably, but. I I saw the answer, so maybe that's just a subconscious thing. So if you if you didn't see the answer and guessed white, would you have won? No, we would have been tied. So that's why I say it oh, goes okay. to you still. Let's just call it a tie then. Let's do it. No, no. No. I'm one oh and one. No, you're two and oh. But anyways, that's all I had today. You have anything you want to bring up before we uh sign off here? Uh nope. At the ripe sure time don't. of two oh four in the morning. Uh, it's two o three. No, I don't. Two o four by me. It must be Alabama time. Yeah, Alabama or one time. minute ahead. You forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll catch you again in uh. Oh, we'll catch you next year. Next year. Oh, I've been waiting to say that. Oh yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your holiday season. I know Chris did with all his children. 
and all the other all my two children well i just like all the kids over at the same house yes all the grandkids chris has grandkids did you know that we're coming up there soon oh yeah. end of the week looking forward to it do we do we get an in-person episode see all the other grandkids but <laughs> do we get an in-person episode <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> all right well thanks for listening everybody happy new year see you next year